0: Good morning. This morning is a uh, great morning. I love when we get to honor our teachers uh, and our educators, the administrators. Uh, but it's also a special morning because it's Vision Weekend. I love Vision Weekend. I love moments like this. And I found that through the through the course of a year, we'll take moments like this. And we'll have specific weekends just like this. And uh, I, I find that it's so important because when when you're building a church family and you're operating as a family, it's important to, to come together and let, let's talk about... Hey, why are we doing what we're doing? Let, let's let's remind ourselves why we come together and why we're doing what we're doing together to begin with. If vision's so important, you know. Vision is powerful because vision is calibrating. Vision can help you in challenging times. Vision uh, can encourage you and sustain you in good times. So, vision is so important and so key, but. I want us to talk about what this vision, what vision is and why it's so important, but I I want to kind of go beyond just personal vision. I I want to go beyond just a vision uh, in the context of goals and what you want to accomplish in, in work or business or family or school, whatever season you're in, because when you look at your life, whether young or old, vision is so important. Uh, In fact, I've really found that oftentimes, and I didn't originate this, it it actually is scripture, Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. Most often when you see individuals struggling, they're not struggling with a particular issue. Change the issue. What they're struggling with is vision. Because when we don't have vision... We we wane. When we don't have vision, we stray. When we don't have vision, we don't know. And we live in a culture and a society today where the voices are so loud, louder than they've ever been, that they creep in a lot easier than you realize through technology or, or through entertainment and, and all trying to dictate what your vision should be. But I find that for me, my role as a pastor is let, let's come back to what God's word says. Let's come back to the voice that should be the loudest voice, and that's Jesus' voice. What does He say about vision? What is His vision for our life? And what I want to do is not just talk about vision from the context of your personal vision, or even our vision as Milestone Church and what it is and what it looks like, because really both of those things are tied to one central vision. And it's the vision that Jesus laid out. It's kingdom vision. Well, what is kingdom vision? Well, Jesus talked about kingdom vision all the time. He, he used different illustrations, and he used parables, and he, did, he had different ways in which he communicated vision in different contexts. So he, he looked at those things. So what I want to do is help us understand what is kingdom vision, what is the kingdom of God, but I also want us, and I want us to be able to answer through today is understanding, okay, how do I live that out? What does that look like for me? You see, vision is so important because when you have kingdom vision, it changes things. I'm reminded of a young man that inspired me when it comes to kingdom vision. He's a young man. His name is Felix. And Felix is in Elevate. And Felix was believing, he's, he's got brothers, and his brothers live in Houston, and so he was believing for his brothers to come to camp with him. He, he was praying and believing for God to do a work in his brothers' lives. And sure enough, one of his brothers, Anthony, was able to come. Well, Anthony comes to, uh, to, to high school camp with him. And, and Felix is, you know, he's, he's like many of us. He's passionate, and he's, you know, you get passionate about things. You think about it, what are you into? You know, I mean, what I love, what inspires me, here's this young man, he's into like, I want God to do a work in my brother's life, you know. I mean, right now, it's like football's right around the corner, it's like, I'm into football, what are we doing, you know, and yet here's a kid inspiring me, young man's going, I'm into God working in my, my brother's life. I'm like, that's it, right there, okay, I'm into that too, All right, that's kingdom vision. He's praying and believing, and about three days in, you know, he's just kind of like, you know, we all do it. Like, man, he's he's talking to Alex and our Next Gen team. Just so grateful for Alex and our Next Gen team. Can I tell you something? If you ever do anything with Next Gen, summer ain't break. There's no summer vacation. You doubling down. You working. You're at camps. You don't get any sleep. Your your kids are all students are all over the place. So you run around chasing them all over the place and trying to connect with them. And and so Felix goes to Alex, and he's just kind of man. God's not doing what I wanted him to do in in Anthony's life, and how come, and what's happening, and why isn't God working? Well, what what he didn't realize is God was working. He just didn't see it. See, about day three, first part of day four of camp, they have this session where they split up guys and girls, and they're in the guys' session. God starts doing something in Anthony's heart. starts working, Right? Felix is just believing and praying, and one of our next-gen guys here at this campus was praying for Felix, shared a scripture that he's going to be an impact in his family and, and, and all these things. And you're thinking, okay, well, where are you going, Chris? Okay, just follow along. So Anthony is like, man, he's not really getting anything out of it. But all of a sudden, in this guy session, God starts doing something. And so one of our guys from uh, one of the, the, the uh, volunteers that was there serving that week from our Keller campus... Didn't know Anthony at all. God just put him on his heart starts talking to him. They start having a conversation. Well, during this time, he starts sharing the gospel with him. And Anthony gives his life to Jesus while he's having this conversation with this guy. Felix still doesn't know. He has no clue. And then Felix sees this volunteer and and Anthony and begins to share what happened. And Felix is just beside himself. And it was during that time, and this is Felix right here. One of our guys, Ryan, was praying for Felix as he's believing and and, and, and trusting for God to do a work in Anthony's life. And then this is Alex with Felix and his brother Anthony. Because it was in that moment, Felix had a kingdom vision. He was believing and praying for God to do a work in his brother's life. And Anthony gave his life to Jesus at high school camp. And his eternity is forever changed because of a young man who had a kingdom vision. You don't have to wait to be great. You can be a young person with a kingdom vision. And can I tell you something for those of you the wiser generation? Your hair is not the same vibrant color it was when you were younger. Or maybe it's turned loose and it's not there anymore. I don't know. (laughs) Which you can be younger too when that happens. (laughs) It doesn't matter how old or how young you can have vision. You can have kingdom vision just like Felix. You can have kingdom vision to see God do a work in your family, in your heart, in your neighbors, in your business partner, in the people that you're believing for because you see and understand and you recognize that God is inviting you into something far greater than yourself. That's kingdom vision. You see, it's the ability to see. Jesus talks a lot about sight. He talks a lot about vision. He talks a lot about being able to see the things that are working you don't even realize are working. It just happens. Have you ever recognized that? Think about this. I think about how things in life begin to happen, right? And you don't even realize. One day you just kind of wake up and it's like, when did this happen? I'm reminded. I think about like the progressive commercials. Some of you had seen them. You know, helping parent, helping helping young couples that are homeowners not become their parents. You know, it's like one day you're young, and then the next day you're old, and you have a favorite grocery store. Like, how does that happen? It's like, I'm bumping along, I'm cool, I'm hip, I'm fun, and then it's like, got to go to my favorite grocery store. Like, that's my spot. It's like, it just, it happens, right? You know, it's like in that commercial. It's like, do we really need a sign to live, laugh, and love? You're like, yes, and like, no, we don't need that, you know? Do I really have to make all these noises when I sit down and get up? No, but yes, I do. I don't know. It just kind of, it happens, you know? And and those things are funny and humorous. There's times where I'm talking to my children and I think when I'm saying this, in my mind, I'm thinking, I sound like my dad. When did that happen? And then there's times where it's it's a little more like it just kind of takes you by surprise, right? Like you think about like your eyesight, like I don't I don't I don't need glasses. I'm grateful. My eyesight, it's there. But it's like one minute, you're fine. The next day you wake up and you're like, I can't see. I'm going blind. And you're like, are you really going blind? Like, no, I just can't read. You know, I can remember when Wendy, she got up one day, she's like, I, I can't I need glasses, you know. So now Wendy's got readers and she's like, I'm supposed to wear them at night in the dark, you know, which she doesn't, but thank God she's okay. She's been fine, you know, everything's safe. You know, but it's like, it's like when how does it happen? It's like all of a sudden your sight was fine and then the next day you wake up and it's, it's not there. You see, that's kind of how things work spiritually as well. You're moving along thinking everything is fine, not realizing something is happening. And then one day you wake up and you go, wow, how, how did I get here? And the truth is, it's not always bad. It's not always something that's, that's difficult or challenging, like maybe challenging if now you need readers, <laughs> it's good things as well. It's spiritual things. It's things that God is doing and wanting to do in your heart and your life. He's working behind the scenes and you don't recognize it or realize it regardless of your age, your season of life. There is destiny and purpose that he has for you and it's all tied to a kingdom vision. Jesus talked a lot about vision. He talked a lot about sight. He talked a lot about these things and and he, and he uses it as an example I want you to open up your Bibles, John chapter 3. We're going to get there in just a minute, but I want to give you a little context. Jesus is early on in his ministry. He's just getting started. He, he performs a, a miracle at the wedding feast. He turns water into wine. He, he's sharing, and he's preaching, and, and he's doing these things. He's performing miracles, and all these things are happening. And then what begins to happen is there was an individual who was a Pharisee who was actually part of a group of individuals called the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was like the elite of the Pharisees, okay? So he was top of the top. Pharisees are these religious leaders, and, and they pride themselves in holding to Levitical law and upholding that law and ensuring that everyone else upholds that law. Well, here's this individual named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and it actually says that he came to him at night. Now, many scholars and theologians say that he actually came to him at night because he didn't want to be seen with Jesus. But what had happened is he had seen Jesus. He had seen what Jesus is doing. He had seen how Jesus is working. He had seen the miracles that had happened, and it had had an impact on his life. And so he comes to Jesus, and in all honesty, he really probably thinks he's going to impress Jesus. But what happens is, he didn't impress Jesus. He was impressed by Jesus. Jesus made an impression on his life and impacted him. And this is the words of Jesus here in John chapter 3. We're going to pick up in verse 1. It says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. I think that's so significant. Rabbi, we know that you are. He recognizes Jesus, this is who you are. Now, he's he's recognizing it not because Jesus is a formal leader or a formal teacher, which is the word you would give a teacher, Rabbi. But yet he recognizes him as such. He says, Rabbi... We see that you're from God. I see what's going on, what's happening, what you're doing. He says, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. You see, these words are so powerful because what he's saying is I'm intrigued by what's happening. I'm intrigued, Jesus, by what what you're doing. Because what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing is not because of anything Jesus said. It's because of what he's done. It's because of what he's done. And I want you to know and recognize there are things where, see, Nicodemus hadn't had any interaction with him. He had not come into close proximity or had a conversation. What he had was observation. You see, there are people that you come in contact with every day that are observing And they see how you operate. They see how you love. They see how you are an ambassador in the environment that you're in. And it makes a difference and an impact. And they will come one day and go, we see how you handled that situation. We see how you handled this uh, fellow employee or that supervisor or that employee that you're leading. And they may not use these words, but this is what they're saying. This is so other, so different. Obviously, you have a relationship with God. They don't put two and two together, but that's what they begin to see. So recognize this, that the same way that Nicodemus was impacted by what Jesus is doing, you make an impact on other people as they watch and see what you're doing. So Jesus comes to him and he says these things as Nicodemus is saying, Hey, who who are you? I I recognize you obviously have influence. What's going on here? Jesus says in verse 3. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see, I want you to get this, no one can see, underline that word see, circle that word see, because this is really the thesis of today, I want you to get this, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can see. What Jesus is saying is, you can't see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again. You aren't going to recognize it. You aren't going to see what it is. It isn't until you're born again and you have a relationship with Jesus that you begin to see the kingdom of God. Now I want us to understand something here. We have to recognize what he's saying here is unless you have a relationship with Jesus, then you're not going to see what God is trying to do. You see, we live in a culture where you hear a lot of people talk about cancel culture. It's a cancel culture. It's so bad. It's toxic. Yes, yes. But let me just, just lovingly say that cancel culture, unfortunately, Christians lived that way for a long time. Long before it was a cancel culture. Because what began to happen is oftentimes when we're not careful as believers, we could be looking at what people are doing when they do not know Jesus, and we go, why are they acting that way? Why are they doing that? Well, here's why. Jesus just said, if you're not born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. Why should we be surprised that people who don't know Jesus and have a relationship with him act like people who don't know Jesus? If we got more concerned about how people who don't know Jesus, if we we were less concerned about people who don't know Jesus acting like people who don't know Jesus and more concerned about people who don't know Jesus knowing Jesus, then we would begin to see a lot of people's sight open, and they would begin to see in a completely different way. But what begins to happen is we take this word, and rather than using it, we use it as a window. Let me look through this window at everyone else and begin to evaluate, well, why are they doing that, and why are they acting, you want to know why they're acting that way? Because they don't know Jesus. When really this word was never intended to be a mirror, it was, I mean, a window is intended to be a mirror. Where God shows us where and how we can learn and grow and what he's wanting to speak to us. So I want us to understand this is so powerful. This is so. This is eye-opening for all of us because when we begin to understand, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Then there's not going to be this moment of revelation where they begin to see. It is rooted in them accepting Jesus as their personal and Savior. Because when you give your life to Christ, all of a sudden you begin to see things that otherwise you would not. Verse 4, Nicodemus says what many of us would say. He asked the question that many of us would ask. He said, how can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Fair question, Nicodemus. What is it? This is crazy. Like Is this like all of us go back to Baylor McKinney and we get a redo? What are we doing here? Like, what, what, what is going on? I don't get it. And Jesus says this, verse 5. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell to you. Here it is again. Very truly, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. He's saying, I want to reiterate. Here's the truth. I want to communicate to you truly. Here's what you need to dial into, and here's what you need to see. That no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So he's saying, listen, in order to see the kingdom of heaven, you got to be born again. Why is that so important? Well, when you recognize and you understand, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, "The, the, the prince of this world, the devil, the enemy has blinded the minds of unbelievers, blinded the eyes of unbelievers. We cannot see, we do not know, we do not recognize. You see, it isn't until we come into a place where we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior that we begin to see and understand what is the kingdom of God. Now, before I help us understand and share what is the kingdom of God, what does that look like? I I first want to help define what does it mean to be born again? For some of you, maybe that's a new phrase. You feel like, man, I'm a Nicodemus. Like, what does that mean? Like, what what are we talking? That's weird. Welcome to Milestone Church. First time. We're talking about born again. Like, I don't know. This seems biologically off. What are we saying here? Okay, here's what Jesus is talking about. This is a little diagram I want to share it with you because we use it often. I'll use it at Easter. I'll use it at Christmas. You may have seen it before. If you've been to 101, our Next Steps class, you'll see it inside there in our booklet. And we use it because we find that it is a simple, easy tool to help us understand what it looks like to be born again. You see, we are all born broken. Doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter how generous you are, doesn't matter what your church attendance is. We're all born broken. The Bible says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have this sin nature that we're born with. We are born broken. And there is a perfect God who longs to have a relationship with us, but our brokenness separates us from this perfect God. This perfect God that longs for a relationship, a perfect God that longs to, 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 to have a relationship and see us and know us, but we're separated because we're broken. So we have a perfect God and we have broken people, and there's a gap between a perfect God and broken people. So how do we get there? How do we make up the difference? How do we recognize and see, okay, how do we close the gap between broken humanity? We're all broken. We all have it, and a perfect God, Jesus. You see, what Jesus did when he came, lived his life, died on the cross for my sins and for yours, it was by that blood that he paid the ultimate price that we may be able to have a relationship with him. But it didn't stop there. He then rose again on the third day, taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave. That we might live in victory and live out in victory. Move from victory from that moment on. And then in turn have a relationship with a perfect God because of what Jesus did. You see, Jesus doesn't come to make bad people good. He comes and makes dead people spiritually alive. That's what it is to be born Again, that is what's exciting. That is kingdom vision, and that's where it originates. That's what it looks like. That's where it all begins. And when I think about that, I'm reminded of an an individual, uh, of of a young man. His name's G. Really, his name's Guillermo, but he goes by G. And G is amazing, uh, I, I love G, and th- he's got the biggest smile. In fact, I think we got a picture of G. We'll show. Even in this picture, you can see his smile. Always smiling. And here's what I love about G. is see, G was impacted by kingdom vision. You go, well, help me understand, Pastor Chris. Connect the dots. Well, G has family that attends Milestone Church. And that family started coming. Well, that family started coming because that family was part of a church in Mississippi area and they moved to the DFW area and that pastor who we have relationship with called me and let me know and encouraged me hey you got to try out Monster. so they come and when they come in we get them connected and they're in they're a part they're amazing well G is related to them and and invited that family invited G and his family to come to church well, G comes to church, and they come in, and they're attending. They're just coming, and, and you know, G didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and and he's coming and attending, and he's in here. And, and listen, I'm not, like, at the door. Like, I see people. I greet them. Hey, how are you? How you doing? How's it going? I'm not like the salvation police. Like, are you saved? Are you not? Come on. Okay, all the saved people on this side of the room, all the other. So I know when I'm talking gospel presentation, I'm going to speak to that. So I don't know. I'm not taking, like, I, I, I'm not taking pole or inventory. So, G's just in this room, just like any of you, listening, and God's working and moving. And, and so, G hears about uh, our, our next steps, Track, our 101 class. So, he comes, and he comes to Track And listen, there's times where some of you, that's why we're like, hey, come to Track. We've got childcare. We've got lunch provided. We take it all. We never know. Some people are like, yes, I want to know about milestone. Some people are like, free lunch? I'm in. Okay. You know, so we come in here. And I just want you to know and recognize, here, here's what it looks like. We, we flip this room while we're out there talking. There's a team of volunteers that are in here. And many times it's often also the worship team serving in other capacities. They're in here stacking chairs and putting up round tables. And they're getting lunches out. So we come in here, and and we're and I'm sharing about Milestone Church. And I'm sharing about God's vision. And I'm sharing about what God's doing. And I share what I just shared with you. Gospel presentation. I share what it looks like to be born again. And at the end of 101, in a room, there's no music. Katie and the team aren't up here playing. There's no like, ha, ah, there's no lights and fog and smoke and all the things we got going on. There's none of that. There's round tables with sandwiches. And to be honest, it probably smells a little like onions in here. And he just got done listening to me teach. Okay, it's not like, oh, the, the atmosphere was just perfect. I know I'm really selling grow check. You're like, yeah, I want to come to that now. <laughs> Smells like onions and the atmosphere is not perfect. No, you need to come. <laughs> Take your next step. Lunch is provided. Childcare is provided. We'll see you here. At the end of 101, G prays to accept Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior right here in this room. And his life is transformed. And ever since then, he and his wife serve on the weekends. This is him serving at at our uh, serve day this past April. But here's what I love the most is this next picture. Because, see, in this next picture, you've got G's little boy. That's what I love the most. Because of kingdom vision. G and his family are invited. G gives his life to the Lord, and because of that, now his children are growing up in a completely different environment than otherwise they would. And so not only was G's life transformed and his marriage transformed and his family is transformed, his kids' lives are transformed, generations are transformed. Why? Because of kingdom vision. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And that's what Jesus is talking about in John 3. He says, they're not gonna see the kingdom unless someone has a kingdom vision to be a part of helping them, share, helping them see that by sharing that with them and living it out. So how do I know if I have a kingdom vision? What does it look like? How, how do I live that out? How do I make a difference and an impact? How do I know if my life is really making a difference? Well, here's the first thing is that we have to realize is we have to understand what the kingdom of God actually looks like. The kingdom of God, what does that mean? It's, it's not this external place that we go to. It's not this fortified city or region that we're going to go to. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God really is more of a verb than it is a noun. It's active in living out. So when we have kingdom vision and we're helping live out, we're seeing the kingdom of God advanced. It's here now. It's coming. That's what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is near That means it's not just something we're waiting for. We're not all just, oh, we got our boarding pass. We got our ticket. That's where we're headed. We're seeing it come today. Why is that so important? It's so important because just like in G's life and all of ours, the single greatest determining factor for personal vision is the day you get born again. When you are born again, if we want personal vision, the single greatest determining factor is when we're born again. And I love it because I see it in G's life. I see how and what they do and how they're involved and how they're engaged. And I don't know every little detail of their life and their marriage, but I see. And I love it when he and his family come in and they're two little kids, either before or after service. And I see them and I get to hug them and they give me high fives. Cutest little kids I've ever seen, other than mine. But cutest little, I mean, and I think about, they're growing up over there. God's word, his seed being planted in them over there. Because of kingdom vision. It's kingdom vision. So how do I know I'm living it? How can I live it? Well, here's the first thing. First thing is this, that you move from a search for what is yours to embracing your part in his. You move from going, I'm going to search for what my vision is for my life, my own personal vision, to, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm going to embrace the fact that I'm a part of something bigger. It's actually his vision. He is the one that has kingdom vision. He is the giver of that vision. And so what begins to happen is we recognize we're stewarding that. It's not just something external, it's internal. It's not about building a vision, it's about becoming. You become it because it happens from the inside out. But we struggle with vision. We struggle with becoming a part of his vision For a few reasons. One, because in culture and society today, vision is big and grandiose. And it's fast and it's impactful. And it's all over social media. And so because it's big and fast, it must be good. Can I tell you something? Fast don't last. But if it's slow, it's for show. I mean, that's pretty good now. You go, nah, nah, nah. Come on, Pastor. Let me show you. Look at the metaphors that Jesus used. See, because we want fast. We want fast. But when you look at Jesus and he talked about vision, here's what he used. He used a seed. He used yeast. He used a field with treasure. You see, a seed you can't see and it's under the soil and it's being worked and worked and it takes time. Yeast. I'm not a baker, but I'll eat what you bake. But I do know this, it takes a long time. You gotta wait for that yeast to rise. It takes time. It's longer than you think. You think of a treasure. That's what Jesus equated the gospel, the kingdom of God to. It's like a treasure. Something of value in a field that you're searching for and you're looking for. You see, it's a thing of value that has impact. You see, when you're building God's vision, when you have kingdom vision, it takes a little longer. you got to toil a little more. But can I tell you something? At the end of the day, it's the thing that lasts. It's what lasts. When you want to see something bear fruit, you don't water the branch. You water the roots. Because then it begins to produce. You see, you recognize, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have to try and build my own vision. I can embrace the fact I'm a part of his vision. And when you do, that's what leads to the second thing. You begin to realize and recognize that you can connect his vision to your everyday life. You can connect his vision everyday life. You think about today, just even now. We are in a job crisis in May. There was something, you may have known this, you may have not. It's, it was called the Great Resignation. 3.6 million people in the month of May alone resigned and quit their job. The greatest amount of people resigning at one time in history. Why? I think it's because so many people have tried to find their fulfillment in their work, but it ain't gonna fulfill. It ain't going to satisfy. It's not the thing, and I know that's not proper English, but it ain't. It's not going to meet the thing that you are actually looking for. It's when you take your every day and you connect it to Jesus' vision. When you go to work, just like we prayed over those teachers. You're not going in making lesson plans and trying to tend to kids. You're an ambassador. You're walking in, and now you walk in a little different. You're walking in, this little light of mine. You know, you're thinking differently because Jesus sees and people are observing and watching just like Nicodemus was watching Jesus. And it makes an impact and a difference in their life. When you're working on your job and your business, it's not about hitting your sales quota. And it's not about generating resources and revenue just to be able to pay your bills and have the things that you want and need. It's about being able to build the kingdom. It's about making a difference and an impact where you're at in your office. But it plays out not just there, in your family. Your family, you're going, I want my family to be a part of Vision. Well, prioritize what he prioritizes. You see, we're in a season, especially if your kids are getting older, because mine are, where now it's amazing how their demands spill over onto your time. You're running them around all over the place, everything they want to get. I mean, you start the second guessing, like, can they do this? Can they go there? Can they play this? Can they play that? Because guess what that means? Until they start driving, guess who's taking them? Guess whose schedule is impacted by all of that? But we get so concerned about making sure they have the experiences we want them to have that we forget that they end up missing out on being able to experience the greatest thing that they should have, being a part of kingdom vision. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom. All other things will be added to you. I promise you, if you raise your family doing this, all those things you want your kids to experience, they will. That's his promise. It will be added to them. It will be added to them. Wendy just prayed that. it's not. He's good. I think of the scripture, his arm is not too short to save, to reach out, to help, to fulfill. He'll provide. He'll make a way. It happens in our family. It happens in our jobs. It happens in our disciplines. You see, when you have vision and you connect your everyday life to his vision, can I tell you, it creates constraints. It helps you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And you end up saying no to things so you can say a better yes to other things. And it begins to impact you. Because you can live this way. You can tie the two together. And when you do, you begin to realize, man, this is when it all comes together and the fireworks go off. There's a greater purpose. You see, vision for the future gives you power in the present. When you have vision for the future, it gives you power. It gives you power in the present to keep moving forward. To go, I know what I'm doing is tied to a greater vision and a greater purpose. There's something greater. Here's the third thing you can do and know to recognize if you're living out kingdom vision it's when you're consistently amazed by the relationships and fulfillment you receive when you prioritize His kingdom. You see, there's a benefit that you begin to experience. When you prioritize his kingdom, there's fulfillment and there's relationship. There's things that begin to happen. You know, there's so many people moving to this area. And I like to think, okay, they're moving here to to find a good church and find God. They're, They're not. They're looking for freedom from whatever they're leaving and they're looking for friends. So what could happen when they walk in these doors and they experience what they deem as friendly, but really it's family? Spiritual family. See, because what begins to happen one day is as you begin to build with a kingdom vision, what what happens is you begin to look up one day and you go, look at all these amazing people that I get to do this with. I'm amazed by that, and I see that every week. Every week when we get here early and we have a huddle with our serve team and families who get here early to serve others People who get here at each of the services to serve people. When I look across this auditorium and I think of the ways in which so many of you serve and love on other people, we get to do it together. It's kingdom vision and it's kingdom purpose. You see, when we live that way, it brings transformation and you can't fabricate it. You just look up one day and you go, how did I get here? By pursuing kingdom vision. That's how we got here. When I think about how we ended up here in McKinney. Long story short, it was through pursuing kingdom vision and relationship that we went from Austin, Texas to Lafayette, Louisiana. We were in Lafayette, Louisiana for 13 years. And it was during our time there we met Pastor Jeff, our lead pastor. So at this point now, I've known Pastor Jeff for about 20 years. And so it was in that that we're building relationship and we're going, God, I'm not looking for my own agenda. I'm not trying to build my own kingdom. I just want to be obedient with the next step. I want to build kingdom vision. And so God starts to work and move on our heart, and he calls us back to the great nation of Texas. Well, when we moved back to Texas, there was only one church that we wanted to be a part of. There's a lot of churches here, but there was only one. You want to know why? Because we understood what it looked like to build with kingdom vision, and so did they. And so we said, we want to be a part of that, and we ended up at Milestone Church in Keller. Came on the team and served there. And then God gave an opportunity for us to move to McKinney, Texas, and we were thrilled, and we moved out here, and when we moved to McKinney, we're like, God, we're trusting you, God, we know you've called us, listen, how did we get here? Kingdom vision, we, we just were obedient with every step of the way, so when I started looking at moving out to McKinney, Wendy and I are like, well, we didn't really know anything about McKinney, So we just looked at Google, and we started looking at demographics and research, and then we get to the town motto, and the town motto is McKinney, Texas, unique by nature. I thought, well, that's kind of cool. That's pretty unique. But then I was reminded of something that someone prayed over Wendy and I at that point before we moved out here 14 years prior. And they prayed, and they said, there is a unique church that is going to come out of you. And I thought, whoa, wait a minute, how how did, like, what are the chances of that guy praying for us using, of all the words he could use, the word unique? And what are the chances that the city that we're moving to, where we have a campus, just so happens to use the word unique? I can't orchestrate that. I can't write that. I can't script that. That's going, God, I want to be a part of your kingdom vision. I want to be obedient with every step of the way and when I am, all of a sudden it leads us here. But God said, I'm not done because I want to keep that in front of you and remind you every day because when things get tough and things get hard, I want you to be remembered. I want you to be reminded that I'm with you and I'm for you. So we're looking for a home and we end up landing on one and And I want you to see what my view is. Every time I pull up to my driveway, there's a water tower right there with a reminder. This is my driveway right here. It's my street. I look at that every time I pull in to my driveway. And God's saying, hey, I want you to remember. I'm with you. I'm for you. I've called you. And it's like a little subtlety. How, How does that happen? From growing up in Austin, Texas. Giving my life to Jesus at 19 years old, I didn't fabricate it. Jesus saw McKinney, Texas. That guy that prayed for us, that individual who prayed for us to us, finding a home, and of all the places that we find a home, of all the directions I pull into my driveway, of all the things that could be there, there's a water tower with just a little reminder. Hey, I want you to know I'm with you and I'm for you. How? Kingdom vision. I'm not that smart, and I know you're going, we know. I'm not. I couldn't script that, but here's what I do know. At 19, and along the way, as I grew in my relationship with Jesus, I just said, I don't want to make it about me. I, 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 it's not about me trying to create and build my own kingdom, my own agenda. I, I want to live kingdom vision. I want to embrace that part, my role in that—that that you're inviting me into that, God. I, I want to connect my every day to your vision, and and because I do, I don't want to do it by myself. I want to do it with an amazing group of people that I get to look up and go, "Wow, look at y'all. We get to do this together." Because when we do, there's more people. When we we live like Felix, got a little kingdom vision, there's more young men like Anthony. And there's more families like G and his family. You may be one of those families. But there's a family maybe right next door to you that could be one of those families. That's what it looks like when we live with vision. It's his vision.